You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Brew McCoy on the receiving end of that one. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network, presented as always by BetMGM. Joe Ojo, J. Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Wednesday. Coming up, we'll get to more on the NFL, talk about some potential teaser spots for Week 5 across the league, and lightning bets coming up in about 40 minutes from now. Right now, we're going to talk to Stucky from the Action We're coming up in just a minute here on All Face College Football this weekend. I keep coming back to, Joe, we talked about it yesterday. I'm curious what Stucky thinks, the um, Alabama A&M game and the idea of maybe uh, Nick Saban running it up here. Stucky joining us from the Action Network. He, of course, is on our guest line, the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line, the Phoenix at Revolutionary Technology, helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Stucky, Alabama and A&M this weekend. Two parts on this. One, how concerning is the Bryce Young injury? And two, do we think Saban tries to run this thing up on Jimbo Fisher after all the back and forth in the offseason? Yeah, I mean, it's – it's uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. But I, this doesn't set up well for Texas A&M. If you look back historically, whenever Saban has lost to a team the previous season, I think it's happened 15 times since he's been at Alabama. He's 14-1 and one straight up, I think – 11-3-1 against the spread. The most interesting thing about that to me, because I mean, Saban's pretty good against the spread generally, most of these teams are SEC teams. Those 15 teams have combined to score seven points in the fourth quarter. They have, they're outscored by over 100 in the second half. And these are all blowouts. When Saban wants his revenge, he doesn't let his foot off of the pedal. So especially when you add in all of the preseason banter and back and forth, uh, it's he's out for blood here. Um, so I wouldn't be I, – I kind of like Alabama here, but the number is really high. What I'm actually waiting for is hopefully they're up like 21, you know, 24 at the half, and then I can just get a cheaper number in the second half because I just don't think they're going to let up and – I hope he's going nuts on the sideline for any points that Texas A&M scores in the second half. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're all in agreement there. All right, uh, sample size of five games. Any undefeated or one-loss teams that you think are are frauds and the market's too high on them and you're going to be looking for spots to fade moving forward? <clears throat> um, one-loss team in, in college. I, I would say a team that I faded this week is – team in my backyard in Kentucky, they have major issues on offense and they've been really, you know, people, a lot of people, I don't hear anyone talking about this. Everyone just says, oh, Kentucky's very good. And look, they, they struggled against the Mac teams. They can't run the ball. Their offensive line is just absolutely miserable. I mean, they're bottom 20 in rush yards per attempt. A lot of the offensive line metrics, they lost three key members of that offensive line. Will Levis hasn't been as good as advertised. They miss Wandell Robinson, but just the offensive line. That's what has made Kentucky go over the past few years. 
So I think they're pretty, uh, they're overvalued right now. And they're, they're playing, look, they're in a bad situational spot. They're coming off that tough old Miss loss. You got Mississippi State on deck. And South Carolina, I think, might actually be a little undervalued. They have been, they were hard in SEC play. But at some points, they were down eight defensive starters. They should have, I think, five or six of those guys back this week. They basically had a, a bye for the past two weeks. They had Charlotte and South Carolina State. So they were able to get a little healthier. And so I think their defensive metrics are artificially bad. And uh, so I think this is a pretty good spot to back South Carolina catching over 10. Because I this this Kentucky team, look, and South Carolina's run D has been bad. But again, they've been hurt. They'll be healthier now. And Kentucky hasn't been able to run on anybody. I mean, they couldn't run on Youngstown State. They couldn't run on Miami of Ohio. They couldn't run on Northern Illinois. And you're talking, they're, they're playing backup quarter. I mean, they played the Northern Illinois backup quarterback, almost lost that game at home. So I think Kentucky's ripe here for a potential upset. Stucky, there's a lot of injuries to players at the quarterback position. Bryce Young, Michael Pratt, KJ Jefferson, Dylan Gabriel, Malik Cunningham. What is your process when you're betting on these games? Um, you know, what is your method when it comes to getting information regarding injuries? Um, just curious your method when it comes to that and what process you use. Yeah, it's, I mean, a lot of it is just manual work. Um, and then that's one of the best things, uh, about having a large following on Twitter. You network with people. You hope that sometimes just random people will reach out to you and be like, hey, um, my dad's a trainer. He's out. Um, or um, um, so sometimes you gotta, then you have to go into the profile and then do a little digging. You're like, all right, is this person legit? Are they trolling legit? me? Um, but generally, <laughs> most, most of the time, people will give pretty good information, but it's a lot of digging. It's, you know, and a lot of times if you want to, get out in front of a move, you know, you, you, one of the, if one of the sharper books moves a little, it's starting to move a little bit. It's probably a good inclination that someone has information out there. And if you wanted to kind of get in front of it, if you're more of a recreational better, you can try it that way, but it's a lot of manual digging. It's a lot of networking and, and which is, which is so important in, in betting college sports because there's just so many teams, so many injuries and you probably won't know everything, but, someone else has heard from somebody and then you know so the, the bigger and stronger your network is in that regard uh you'll be better off because yeah there's so many key quarterback injuries this weekend that it's uh it's it's tough to keep up with Stucky, how good is this tennessee team they're three-point favorites in lsu on saturday it's, it's kind of a look ahead next is coming up is alabama they get georgia down the line tennessee still undefeated hen and hooker getting some heisman hype how good are they? And do you expect them to go to LSU and take care of business? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I really like this team. I mean, I bet them 14 to one to win the division before the year. I was hoping Georgia took a step back then. Well, I, I'm now I'm confused about Georgia. They look like the most dominant team in the country until um, the past two weeks against Kent State, Missouri. So maybe there's some questions with that Georgia offense. But yeah, I mean, the Tennessee offense we knew was going to be just absolutely electric with Hendon Hooker, that pace, um, the receivers that they added. There's just talent everywhere. They're going to score. They're going to score on almost everyone. The questions are with their defense. And last year they were they weren't bad on early downs, which are you know they weren't great, but they weren't bad on early downs. They were, which are more predictive. They were really bad on third downs and in the red zone. So there was a couple, you know, key defensive metrics that suggested that look, this defense isn't as bad as it looks and you got to remember they they lost a lot of talent with the coaching change they had a lot of transfers so 
they were pretty thin. So I was counting on some defensive improvement, which I think we've seen a little bit of. I would like to see some more if they're going to, you know, try to up their schedules. Brutal. If they're going to try to pull off a big upset. I do think that they have enough to beat LSU this weekend. Um, but their defense is, it's, we're going to have to see a little bit more if they're going to pull off one of these major upsets. If I give you the college board, uh, where are you going first? Of the current numbers, uh, where is there still some value? Um, I was see, I was going to talk about FIU UConn, but I, I will not subject any. No, list. hey, no, they they cash, man. We don't care. We don't um, care. It doesn't have to be a rake team. Not, but I, I'll, I'll break up one here. Stanford plus seven against Oregon State. There, another quarterback question. We don't know if uh, Chance Nolan is going to go for Oregon State, but um, Stanford has been. They haven't covered it. They haven't covered eleven straight games. By the way, going back to last year, which is just disastrous. But they've. If you, if you dig into what's going on with Stanford this year, I mean, they look, they played three of their first four games were against top 25 teams. And, you know, they're, they have this new offense where it's kind of like Wake, where they have a mesh point, it's delayed. They, you need time. You need an offensive line. And they've had lots of offensive line injuries. They had a kid. They lost their right tackle in the USC game. They had a kid come in and ruin the Washington game. He had a pass block rating of one. I've never seen a player. He should have been. I, I didn't know this. He should have been worth like twenty points to the spread. They couldn't do anything. They should be getting some offensive linemen back this week. And Oregon State has no pass rush whatsoever. They're one hundred and twentieth in sack rate last year. They're one hundred and twentieth again in sack rate this year. So I think Tanner McKee, who has weapons and he has a pro, you know, he has pro prospect potential, pro arm. He should have more time to actually run that offense. Horrible spot for Oregon State too. They have some injuries. We don't know if their quarterback's going to go. No one has been great anyway. They're coming off back-to-back losses against USC and Utah. I think this is the bottom of the market on uh, Stanford, so hopefully they don't lose their their 12th straight against the spread, which is just insane. But they, you know, they'll get a break here because you know, even if you look at USC, the one thing they do good well on defense is pressure quarterbacks. They're top 10 in sack rate. You, know, you could say the same thing about Washington. Oregon has a great defense line. So they'll get a break here. Their offense will look a lot better. Um, and then one other one I'll throw out there. I think it's a good spot to back if, if you're looking for a favorite. I think this is a good spot to back Florida minus 10.5 against Missouri. I don't know. I, look, I was impressed Missouri got up last week for that game and was competitive for as long as they were. after. But after how they lost at Auburn, and one of the most devastating losses you'll ever see, and then last week after leading the entire game, putting everything out on the field, now they go down to the swamp. Florida basically had a bye. They played Eastern Washington. They played about 85 kids last week. So they're they're rested, prepped. And that extra prep time is important because these two coaches are really familiar with each other from the Sun Belt days. And look, it this Florida team, Richardson's looked better of late after some struggles. Florida's ready for this. They lost by one in overtime last year at Missouri. All kinds of and it, Mullen got fired a day later. It prevented them from going to a bowl. Drinkwitz and the Missouri team were talking all kinds of trash after the game. So Florida's had this one circled. Missouri's offense is bad, which is good for the Florida defense. Missouri faced one mobile quarterback this year and got trashed by Kansas State. So I think I think Florida's ready for this, and I'm not sure what Missouri has left in the tank after the past two weeks. Yeah, I don't know how those Missouri kids keep getting up to play after what they've been going through. Right. So we've got Florida, Stanford, anything else intriguing on the college football board for you? Um, FIU, you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
let's see. FI, I'm waiting on some some injury news there. That's which is why I didn't bring it up. You know, I okay. Um, no, I don't. I, don't, I, I want to get Washington State at 14 potentially, and then also Oklahoma State. I think is a bit overvalued. But I'm waiting on a 10 with Texas Tech. If you look at some of the underlying metrics with Oklahoma State's defense, which was expected, they lost Jim Knowles. They lost all kinds of talent in their secondary. They're ranked, you know, adjusted for opponent outside the top 110 against the pass. And Texas Tech can certainly take advantage of that. So I think Oklahoma State, their defense is is going to get exposed eventually. Baylor couldn't do it. They lost a lot of weapons on the outside. I was really unimpressed with what Shapin was doing. But I think Texas Tech has the weapons to keep this within one possession. So I think Oklahoma State's pretty overvalued right now. I mean, this is a team, yeah, they, look, they just had an impressive win over Baylor. It's not, it didn't wow me. Um, and this is a team that lost a lot on defense, lost their coordinator. And uh, you'll you'll get one of the classic uh, Spencer Sanders throw-up games here soon. Snucky's joining us on the Action Over. Let's talk some NFL for week five here. Cowboys keep winning with Cooper Rush, and I am really impressed with the defense they put out there so far this season. They're in L.A. against the Rams, who can't block right now uh, on Sunday. Rams four-and-a-half-point favorites. What do you make of that game? Rams struggling, Cowboys winning with Rush as Dak tries to make his way back. What do you think about that game? Yeah, I'm probably going to play the Rams here. I, I think this the love for Cooper Rush is, is crazy. I mean, this is a – they were, what, dogs at, in New York? They were, what, three-point favorites at home? against uh washington and you know now they're they're going to the rams who just you know they got pretty embarrassed on national tv but mcveigh always does against the 49ers we've seen that many times mcveigh's all very good off the loss historically i think he's 15 and 8 against the spread during his time in la and i think five and one after losses in the in the regular season to the 49ers but cooper rush is people are saying you know he's better than dak now if you take away turnovers for every team in the NFL, the Cowboys offense this year is 31st in EPA per play. Their defense has been great, but their offense has been horrifying if you equal out turnovers. What has Cooper Rush done? I mean, he's not thrown for more than 220 yards, and he's not played great teams. He played – and look, you got to remember, Dallas played the Bengals when they were a mess. They played Washington like and the Giants, and they came back to beat the Giants. And if you dig a little deeper, he has no no interceptions on the year. The Bengals dropped, dropped three interceptions. Washington last week had two interceptions overturned for illegal contact. They would have had another one, but their safety fell down. None of these are counting against against Rush, but he, the, they're there. The turnover throws are there. Turnover-worthy throws are there the past two weeks. They're coming. Um, so I, I think that Rush is in for a weak game here and a weak performance. And I think you're going to see some turnovers. I think you're actually getting, the Rams are a mess. Look, I've been fading the Rams all year, but I think you're actually getting them value here. And I'll give you an example of what, when love can go too far with some of these backup quarterbacks, the last backup to start four and against the spread in a season was 2019 Kyle Allen for the Panthers went four and straight up four and against the spread had nine touchdowns, no interceptions. And got absolutely, I mean, he, that he, the rest of the year, he's horrendous. I think he finished two and seven against the spread. He had five touchdowns and 11 interceptions the rest of the way. Cooper Rush has been good at managing the game. The Cowboys' defense has been good. But um, the Rams' run D has been excellent all year. That's the one part of their team that hasn't really struggled. Cooper Rush is going to have to make throws here, and I think he's going to make mistakes. 
I'm, I'm, yeah, look, I don't love the Rams and what they're doing right now, but this is, I think you're getting value with the Rams after what we saw last week. Just a overreaction to what we saw against the 49ers, a team they never beat. And then this Cooper Rush love, I think, is, has gone too far. I mean, I think people that say that he's, he, he, they should just have Dak be the backup, I think, or need their heads examined. Great stuff. Stucky from the Action Network on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. Coming up next, we'll dive into teaser options for week five across the NFL right here on the Beck UL Network.